Thanks for listening to this week's message from Capital Christian. We hope you will stay connected by following us online. To find out more information, visit us at capitalchristian.com. I want to talk today about, this is the phrase. The phrase, well, let me, let me read the scripture first. I want to go to Colossians chapter 1. We've been talking about the prison epistles. I want to go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. I want to read three verses. It says, giving thanks to the Father, this is verse 12, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Can you, that is powerful. And there wasn't one amen. Think about it. Giving thanks to the Father, Father God, who has qualified you. You've been qualified. You've been, you've been, there's been a release of qualification. You've been accepted. To, to, you know, this, to this, uh, this amazing school, this amazing kingdom. He says, giving thanks to the Father who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. You have an inheritance that you can't even imagine. Corinthians talks about your eyes cannot see, your, you can't even imagine what God has in store for you. Verse 13, he says, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. So what he does, he delivers us and he transfers us. You were born in darkness, you're born again into light. So he transfers you and that transfer enables you to have an inheritance. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Uh, That scripture is mind-boggling. We could probably preach on that for, for years. But I, I want to I talk about this, this transfer and what it means to us and how God looks at it. Let me put it this way. And this is, my, this is the name of my message today. God's, God's love has your name on it. God's love has your name on it. In a, in, in, in a few short words... God's love has your name on it. Now, we need to understand something. Today in this world, there's a desperate need for something, and there's a deep misunderstanding. We, we, everyone in this room has a desperate need to be loved. We were made to be loved. You were made to be loved. That, that's, that's, that's this innateness in us. And we're screaming out, someone love me! But... Our misunderstanding is that we don't, I don't think we fully understand that God's love is personal for us. It's personal to me. You know, you've, you've heard it for years. Most of you have been in church a long, 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 long time in your life. And God's, you'll hear this, God's love is big and God's love is universal. And we hear all these things and they're kind of trite statements, but they're true. And what I think God is attempting to do He's trying to make his love personal to you and put your name on it. I don't think most of us truly understand the real love of God, how deep it is. We don't really fully understand it. And I think fewer of us live our lives as if, as if God's love has invaded us. And, and this is the problem. We come to church and we want to get inspired but we don't necessarily want to get transformed. 
Inspire me, Pastor Chris. Inspire me, Pastor Ken. But then we don't, we leave here and there's no change. God's word says this in Romans 12, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is your mind, will, and emotions. You, you get changed by letting your soul be changed by God through his word. And that's what we want to see happen today. I, I want God's word to come to us and change us. And his word has the power to change our lives. Um. Everyone here, there's probably, there, everyone in this room is probably here in three different categories. I, what I would call, um, some here are seekers. You've come, you're really seeking God. You, you're asking God to see if he's real, and you're really seeking after finding the truth in the Word. Some of you might be strugglers, strugglers. You, you're struggling in your Christian faith, and and. And you think that your problem is that you don't love God enough. Can I tell you right now, that's not your problem. That's not your problem. The problem in all of us is not that you don't love God enough. Your problem is that you don't understand how deeply God loves you. Change it around. That's all of our need. Once we understand that, things change. When you understand how deep God loves you. And then some of us, some of us in the room, maybe most of us, some of us, we're just sold out for God. We're sold out for him. But you know what? I think most Christians, if we're not careful, we, we get so much in the routine and just life's busyness. We, some, we just forget how personal and deep God's love is for us. We just forget it. We, and it's It's gone. But I'm here to tell you today, God's love is transformational. We're living in a love-starved world. Have you ever known? People today are growing up not getting better and sweeter. They're getting more violent and bitter. I just, it's crazy because without God, there is no goodness. So what's the answer? I know the answer. Best-selling book. You read this book, it'll change your life. Can I tell you, that's not going to change your life. How about congressional legislation? If we just get some bills here that would be passed that could make this happen, that's not going to change you. How about a seminar, another seminar? Uh, can I just tell you, you don't need a seminar. Seminars are good, but that's not going to change you in what you really need. Better business plan. No. What we really need to do is understand the depths of the love of God there's only one love in the universe that has what it takes to meet the love-starved world that we're in, and it's God's love. How do I know that? Well, Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with a loving kindness. He draws us with love. You're here today. You wouldn't be in this room unless God's love had drawn you. You just wouldn't be here. I don't care who you are. You're here because God's love drew you. And you're sitting here listening to this word today because God's love drew you. And so we all reach out to satisfy our deep needs. And, and we, we find out quickly that our greatest need is not more money, success, fame. Uh, it's not a good job. Your greatest need is to, is to be loved and to be loved by God. That's your greatest need. 
If we can boil everything down, the foundation of what that scripture said that I read to you is the love of God. Because we so desperately need to be loved, we're willing to almost do anything to get love, which I talk about, we put on love masks. We all do it. You've all done it. I'm going to give you alliteration so you can remember this. We put, a, we put on these love masks. First one is performance. We put on a performance love mask. You know, when I achieve or perform, there are people that will come and they'll pat me on the back and tell you, you did great. You're so good at that. And that'll last a little bit. And then it's gone and you need to perform again. You see, it's never ending. The next mask we put on is the mask of people. We have to have people that affirm us. We, you know, we want to please people and do things for people and get affirmation of value, but that doesn't last very long. Another one we put on is pity. Pity. We actually do. We, we, we put ourselves down and pity ourselves so people will come and pat us in the back and tell us, you know, you don't really resemble a toadstool. You don't really look like a frog. You're, you're, and you know, they'll pity us and give us a little love, but that doesn't last very long. And position. We put on the mask of position. If I can just get that next manager's position, if I can just get a promotion, then I'll have this love. No, it doesn't work. Another mask is physical affection. Why is so many people get messed up in relationships? Because they put on the physical affection mask. It doesn't work. You see, people can't satisfy what only God can. Another mask is pleasure. If I can just get another vacation, if I can just have another experience, if I can just do this, do that, then, I'll, then things will work out. It doesn't work. You, you'll be happy for, and I said happy, you won't truly be joyful, but you'll be happy for a little bit until the, ple- the pleasure time is over. And then you have to have something else. Possessions is another one. It's another mask. If I could just have that house, that car, and have those things, then I'll be happy. And this is interesting. This is the last one I'll talk about, the love mask of problems. Do you know there are people that actually, they, they actually get into trouble and create problems so people will notice them? That's juvenile delinquency in, in, in and of itself. They want to they be seen and known. I'm telling you, none of this works. Can you say Amen. None of this is, 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 is workable because they're all temporary. Temporary pleasure and value and acceptance and appreciation. The problem is that when we wear it, it creates this insatiable thirst for more love and it can never be filled. And be honest, when you put on the mask for a little bit, people will respond, but it doesn't last. God's love is different. There is no limit to God's love. There's no limit. Ephesians 3.17 says, I pray that you may be able to feel and understand how long, how wide, how deep, and how high his love really is, and to experience this love for yourself. Experience. I guess my question today, have you actually experienced God's love in your life? Experienced it, just really felt it, and it was moving through you. Let me say it this way. God really, 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 really loves you on your good days. And God really, 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 really loves you on your bad days. There's no difference. You see, that's unconditional. 
None of us in this room are very good at unconditional love. God is. We all fail each other, but God never fails us. His unconditional love is amazing. Why is that? Because that's all God can do. Why, how do I know that? Well, 1 John 4, 16, simple scripture, three words, God is love. God, the word is is equals. God equals love. In other words, it's, it's the one phrase in the Bible that tells you what God is, his characteristic about him. He is love. In other words, God is love. That's what love is. God, when you look at God, you see love. And that's why when they say Jesus came, he came as the face of God and his love. And so God is love. He's, it's unconditional. And we need to experience God's love. Many of us experience God's love at, at different times in our lives. I remember when I was a little boy, there was one moment when I was about five or six years old, I just felt God's love. Something happened. When I was 11, my, my grandmother died. And I was very close to her. I, went, I would go to see her every day after school. And I remember when she passed away, it was just such a hurt. But at that time, God's love came in and just swelled in me. And I, I, I felt it. I knew and experienced God's love. There are times in our lives when we experience God's love. Those Kairos moments. And they are all through life. I think we need to ask for them more. Now, I love this phrase. God knows me best, and he, and he loves me most. God, loves, God knows you best, and he loves you most. He knows all about you. God's love is personal, has your name on it. That's why John 10, 14, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. The God who knows all about you also loves you with his deep love. He knows the good, the bad, the ugly, the pain, the things that you don't want to open up to God. Psalm 145, 17, the Lord is loving toward all he has made. All he has made. Not some, all. Everyone in this room. God loves you. You're, his love has your name on it. And it's unconditional with no strings attached. Come on. God can do nothing but love. For he is love. God can do nothing but. And his love, let me say it this way. His love is not dependent on whether you respond or not. In fact, if you don't respond, his love is just the same. Now, we just don't quite understand that because our love is so conditional with each other. God is love and it's not conditional at all. And he has a continual focus on you. He's always looking for ways to show you his love. It's like, do you ever see those parents at a, at a child's uh, uh, game, whether it be basketball, football, baseball, and they have their video camera, and they just zero in? They, they care less about the game. The game doesn't mean anything. It's just their kid. And they focus, and they have this, you know, focus all the way around. You, you can't tell what's going on. If you show it to somebody else, they'll go, what are you doing? Well, they have a love for their kid. And when they fall and they make a mistake, oh, isn't that cute? And they just keep focusing. Right? That's God's love with you. He's got a video camera on you. He's focused on you all the time. He knows your good times, your bad times. 
difficult times, painful times. Every one of us in this room, which is just mind-boggling to me. Wow. And that's what God does. Now, 1 Peter 5, 7, he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. God loves you. He knows your pain. He knows your past. He knows your sin. And his love never dries up. Come on. Another phrase I like is God loves me and he protects me. God is in control. If I'm a child of God, God is working for me and I've got nothing to worry about. Some of you here today are maybe saying things like, you know, I, I'm about to sink. I'm, I'm, I'm in despair. I'm in trouble. I'm stressed out. Help. God knows all about it. Come on. I don't know all about it, nor can anybody else, but God knows all about it. He's already moving. It's like a, he's like this big chess master. He's moving pieces to help you before you even think you need help. He's already put things in place. But the Bible says before he calls, he's already answered. I mean, these scriptures are just mind-boggling. Psalm 40, verse 11 says, My only hope is your love, for my problems are too big for me to solve and are piled over my head. So you can know that God's here to protect you, guide you, help you. He's all around you. Deuteronomy 33, 27, God is your refuge, and underneath you are his everlasting arms. Romans 8, 39, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And in that scripture, you know that scripture, it, it gives a whole list of things that come against you. And he says, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Some of you are in pain right now. Can I tell you, God, God knows about it. He knew about it before you knew about it. Thirdly, God loves me and he guides me. God, God, frankly, God knows that life is difficult. It's difficult to be lived on its own. And he wants to guide us in, in our directions. Romans 8, 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. He wants to lead you. The question is, are you listening? It's not whether he's directing you, it's whether you're listening. See, you know, you know the problem in our culture? We don't listen. We're listening to everything but. You stop at a, a red light or, you know, you're waiting to go through and this car pulls up behind you. You know, bouncing up and down, loud music. It's invading your space. And, you know, you're going, stop. People are so consumed with noise and everything filling their lives that they don't have time to listen. And we do it. we got to stop and meditate. Talk, pray. So what do we do with God's love? Well, first thing you got to do with God's love is receive God's love. I, if I had anything to say, receive God's love today. It's a gift. you got to unwrap it. It's a gift. His, his love in, in includes this forgiveness capacity that's amazing. Romans 5, 8, God has shown how much he loves us. It was while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. We were still cursing at him, hated him, and he still loved us. I, I have, I've had people say this to me all of my life. I remember in college I was talking to some of my friends. 
who really hadn't committed their life to Christ, and I was talking to them about it. And they said, well, you know, Ken, I, I'm just, I'm not good enough for God. I said, yeah, we all knew that. I said, I'm going I'm I'm to go and clean up my life, and then I'll come and see God. That's not the way you approach God. You don't take a shower and go to God. You go to God, and he gives you a shower. He cleans you up. That's what it's all about. And today, the Lord just wants you to receive God's love. I don't care how bad, how difficult your situation is. It doesn't matter. He says, come to me, and I'll clean you up. Come to me, and I'll help you. John 1, 12, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. All, all. The second thing we have to do is not only receive God's love, we have to reflect God's love to other people. We have to learn to reflect it. Give his love away. When you give it away, you get it back. Do you know that's the principle in the kingdom? We, we don't understand this. Whatever you give, you get back. But God's shovel is bigger than ours. So that means that, and I tell people this, whatever you have a need for, start giving it away and you'll, you'll receive from God. If you have a need for peace, start giving peace away. If you have need for prayer, start giving prayer away. If you have need for love, start giving love away. You start giving it away, and God will replenish it and pour back into you. That's the kingdom. I need a lot of grace, so you know what I do? I give a lot of grace. I don't know about you, but I do. I need a lot of grace. I need a lot of prayer, so that's why I pray a lot. Maybe it's a little selfish, but I do. I pray for people because I want others to pray for me. I want God to pray for me. So John 13, 34 says, I'm giving a new commandment to you now. Love each other just as much as I love you. Your, your strong love for each other will prove to the world that you're my disciples. You know the problem in the church? We don't understand that, uh, what I was just saying, that principle. And what we do, instead of praying for people, we gossip about people. It, it's, it's a scourge of the church. I, I'm going to ask Chris if I can do a message on this. Every time you speak something against somebody, you're actually you're planting a virus of destruction in the person you talk to. It's a virus, and we don't have the antibody. And God says, I don't want you to gossip about people. I want you to encourage people, love people, and pray for people. See, the op- Chris said it a couple Sundays ago, the opposite of prayer is gossip. And we're, t- we're too good at gossip. But do you know what? If you start, I'm telling you, it works for both weeds and, and wheat. Whatever you sow is sown back into you. So if you sow gossip, I'm telling you, people are going to start gossiping about you. It's just not good. I'm I'm sorry, I got off on that. I think that we need to reflect God's love to other people. Thirdly, we need to refill ourselves with God's love every day. Refill yourself up. Enjoy the presence of God. Spend time with Him praying and worshiping. There is no excuse in this day and age for being filled filled with God. You have all these resources. When I was a kid... We had one radio station, it was a Christian station, and they would, they would play these old hymns that I didn't even like. Is this not true, people my age? <laughs> and they would get these old duffer preachers that would start, you know, preaching, you know, 
if you don't repent, you're going to go to hell. And there was no encouragement in it. And I'm going, well, Lord, but today we have all these resources you can put on your headphones and dial any worship package you want right into it. You can listen to the best preachers in the world. You can get lifted up and encouraged. What's your excuse? And you come to Capitol and get encouraged? You know, what? You, you need to get refilled before you come to church. I watch people come in the door. Yeah, I come to church, Pastor Ken. I got to get filled up. Why didn't you get filled up before you came? Oh, I didn't think about that. You can get filled up at home, wherever you are. I told you about all the resources. You have the, we have these. We only had one translation when I was growing up. The King James Version. I couldn't even hardly understand it. You got any version you want. And every year I go to another version so I can just kind of, you know, let it be fresh. It's amazing. So don't come to church, boy, I'm not getting fed. What's your problem? You're supposed to feed yourself. What would happen if the whole church would be filled up when they came in the door on Sunday? This place would be electric. It would be elect. Your expectation level would be off the charts, not only for yourself but for others. The church is just too comfortable, and we just we don't get ready. If all of us would get ready for church, you see, what church is? It's it's spiritual growth and spiritual encouragement on steroids. But you've got at home. You have the. You can take a shot yourself. You can get encouraged. You can get lifted up. Get ready to come and then see what God will do. Amen. Well, I could just stop my message right there, but I'm not going to. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up with five principles that you need to understand about receiving God's love and all about God's love, growing in God's love. Number one, you got to understand God's presence is always with me. His love is always with me. He never leaves me. We, we think so much we're on our own. You know, we got to figure this out. We, I have to solve all my problems. God isn't here. We, we forget God. I mean, even as Christians, Job 8.11 says, those who forget God have no hope. Have no hope. Without God, we, we have a lot of reasons to be helpless and hopeless. But there was a man who came to the United States many years ago, Alexander Solzhenitsyn from Russia. He was a Russian dissident. He was a believer. And he said this when asked a question. He said, if you want to summarize all the problems of the 20th century, all the bad things that happened in the last 100 years, you can sum it up in one phrase. Men have forgotten God. You can sum it up in one. Men have forgotten God. You know, they're trying to take God out of everything. Man, people. Do you realize you're, you're only taking breath because God decided to let you have breath this morning? We have forgotten God. Now, when we forget God, we tend to act like animals. It's, it's illustrated in the Old Testament. Moses led him out of, out of Egypt. They come to the Mount Sinai. He goes up to the mountain, and he was gone a little bit too long, and they got a little bit, well, I guess we're going to have to change God's. 
So they, they make this graven image, this calf, a graven image, and then they begin, to, they started worshiping it, and they begin to act like animals. It's illustrative. Whatever you worship, you become like. So we, we, we need to see today that, that as we worship God, we become like him. But as if we worship other things, we become acting like animals. And, and here's my definition of an atheist. My definition of an atheist is this. Someone who is living as if there's no God. Well, if that's the definition, I know a lot of Christians who are atheists. We act as if there's no God. Well, God is it really concerned about me. What do you mean? He made you. Even though we believe in God, we, we often act when it comes to our problems that God doesn't exist, and therefore I gotta solve it all and I gotta do all this. It's practical atheism, and it's infected the church. Psalm 94, 19, Lord, when doubts fill my mind, when my heart is in turmoil, quiet me and give me renewed hope and cheer. He wants to fill you with renewed hope and renewed love. Number two, God always cares about you. God always cares about me. Lamentations 3.21, I have hope when I think of this. The Lord's love never ends. His mercies never stop. They are new every morning. This morning, if you would have, if you would have been having, if you had your spiritual smell test available, you would have smelled God's love as if it was a bre- freshly baked bread, hot coffee with that wonderful smell, and all the good smells of a breakfast, you would have smelled the love of God this morning. His love is like out of the, it's out of the oven every morning, brand new, brand new. He, he wanted to show you his love brand new today. But most of us are too busy, too fat. We've got to do this, we've got to do that. We don't take time to receive God's good-smelling love. I matter to God. His love never ends. Human love ends. People fall out of love, but and human love is conditional, but God's love is unconditional. I guess I have to ask the question, have you ever let God love you? That's the question. We know about God's love, but we need to experience the unconditional love of God. And God wants to fill every part of you, even your ugly parts that you don't want to admit. It's far easier for you to love God than it is to let God love you. That's a good statement. Psalm 103, 13, he is like a father to us, tender and sympathetic, for he knows what we are made of, dust. He knows you're dust. Which reminds me of this story that my wife and I love to tell. The mom was teaching her son to pray, and every night she'd come and give him another lesson. And this night, as they were kneeled by his bed, um, she was telling him about the fact that we're just dust, we're just dirt. We're made of dirt by God, and we're dust, and when we, when we die, we're, we return to dust when God makes us out of dust, and the young boy turned to his mother and said, well, Mom, I was looking under the bed, and there's some dust under there. Someone's coming or going. <laughs> some of you are a little slow this morning. 
We're just dust, but God loves this dust. He loves us. Romans 5, 8, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die. Number three, number three, God knows all about my situation. He knows my problem. He knows my pain. Psalm 56, 6, you know how troubled I am. You have kept the record. Now, this, this blows me away. Listen to this. Psalms 56, 6, you know how troubled I am. You have kept a record of my tears. Come on, are you serious, God? God records every tear that you had in any pain, any situation. He identified it. He recorded it. He knows what it is, and he can still bring it up and tell you about it. Wow. I don't know if he puts it in a bottle or what, but he knows every tear. That's what scripture, I didn't make that up. God did. God spoke that to us. He has recorded every tear. He's the greatest accountant of all time. He knows everything about us. The pain that we feel, the tears that we, God knows. And he's, it's just amazing to me. This undying love. No, nothing is beyond his love. God knows you up close and personal. He knows exactly what you're feeling today, what, what you're up against. And God knows and God actually prays for you. Do you know that? Listen to this, Psalm, uh, Romans 8, 26. When we don't know what to pray, when we're in pain, don't know which way to turn, the Holy Spirit prays for us. Come on. God, let, let me say it this way. God talks to himself about your pain. Because the, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, ever making inter, intercession for you. He's talking about this. The Holy Spirit is indeed relating things to the Father about your situation. Psalm 31, 7, you have seen the crisis in my soul, O God. And number four, God has supernatural power that I don't have. Luke 18, 27 says, what is impossible for men is possible with God. Can you say amen to that one? You know, I, I like, I, I just love astronomy. I didn't say astrology, I said astronomy. Astronomy, the study of the stars and the universe. Get this. If you start studying our, our universe, it's just fascinating that we live in a in Milky Way galaxy, 100,000 light years across, and it's one of the smaller galaxies. 100,000 light years across. And, and uh, we, we have a sun that's a star, and our sun, which is just one of billions of stars, I thought I'd catch your attention there. The sun, listen to this. The sun radiates more power in one second than has been used by all mankind throughout history. And the sun has enough power to burn constantly for the next 30 billion years. And the, the universe is expanding at the rate of the speed of light. I think we just need to sit and think for a while. You know, when I was a kid, I remember this, this you know, we, we, we don't think infinity and eternity very well. We're finite beings. So I remember I was on the top bunk with my brother. And, and one night, I, I, remember that, I remember where I was. I remember what was happening. And uh, all of a sudden, I started thinking about eternity. God, this is crazy. No end? Lord, there's... There's no end? 
Oh, come on, there's got to be an end. No, there's no end. You know, here, here's the issue. You're on life right near on, here now on probation to decide where you will spend eternity where there's no end. I'd make sure that you make the right choice. You're here only 70, 80, 90, 100 years, and then the decision has been made. That's why we choose Jesus. Not just because of that, but I, I just want to be with Jesus. I want to experience his love for, e for eternity. It never ends. You will never die. Your soul and spirit will never die. Wow. And in that thought, you need to understand the power of God. God is so powerful, he made this universe. Do you think he can handle your problems? I just told you how big he was. I told you how infinite he is. He has more power than you can comprehend. And he loves you. He wants to solve your problems. Get this, he never gets tired, never gets fatigued, never goes on vacation, never runs out of energy. He's always there. Romans 4.18, when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. We need to start living on what God said he would do. Now, this is why every time I, I pray for someone who needs healing, do you know what I say almost every time? I say to them, I'll say, Kyle, Kyle comes to me and wants prayer. I say, Kyle, in Jesus' name, I release healing, and I pray right now, I I asked, Lord, you'd send your word and heal him. Send your word. Send your word. It's, it's all about God's word. How did God create things? Spoke his word. How do you get life and faith in you? By hearing God's word. It's all life through the word. That's why this morning you can be inspired and encouraged. I've read all kinds of scriptures. It should lift your spirit. Your soul, you should be encouraged knowing that God has so much power and he wants to take care of your problem, your distress, your situation that you can't figure out. God's already on it. Well, I think we should be a little happier. That is awesome. Praise God. There's so many things in life you can't control. I'm helpless to change these things, but I'm not hopeless because of God's love. Philippians 2, 3, for God is at work within you, giving you the will and the power to achieve his purpose. God gives you energy and the power to complete what he gives you the desire to do. Now, I'm going to give you a principle of the universe. If you don't remember anything else today, remember this. I'm going to give you a principle of the universe. It works with everything. Are you ready? This principle has to do with everything we can imagine from, from toasters and vacuum cleaners and microwave and refrigerators and even hair dryers. And the principle is this. Things work better when they're plugged in. You work better when you're plugged in. Plugged into God, plugged into his love, plugged into his power. You need to be plugged in. That's why you spend time with him. You work better when you're plugged in. Plug into God's love. Now, the, the problem with, I, I've noticed this over the years, and I'm just about done. The problem with most of us is we are always too concerned about past 
things. Past hurts. Listen, every one of us have a bunch of things in our life we don't want anybody to know about, nor do we even want to talk about, but we spend a lot of time thinking about it. Let me, let me, let me explain this to you. We got to start refusing to live in the past. How do I know this? Well, it's even in the natural things. Which is bigger in your car, your windshield or your rear view mirror? Which one do you spend the most time looking at? I hope the windshield. If you're looking at the rear view mirror, then we're going to have some problems. There's going to be some crashes. It, the rear view mirror is good to look at as far as perspective, but you do not focus on the rear view mirror. You focus not on the past, but you get into the, into the, the future by looking through the windshield. You have habits, hurts, hang-ups that you need to give up. Spiritual growth is simply this. Spiritual growth is the process of shrinking the rear view mirror and expanding the windshield in your life. And I close with this. Number five, God has promised to help me. Psalm 119.81, I expect your help for you promised it. I expect you to help me, Lord. I expect it. As believers, we should be expecting God to do more. There are thousands of promises that that tell us that God wants to help us. He's promised to help those who turn to him. You were meant to go through life plugged into God. Hebrews 6.18, God cannot lie when he makes a promise, and he cannot lie when he makes an oath. These things encourage us. They give us strength to hold on to the hope we have been given. People, you matter to God, and his love has your name on it, and he wants to help you. 2 Timothy 1.7, the spirit that gives, God gives us fills us with power, love, and a sound mind or self-control. God is always with you. God always cares about you. God knows all about your situation. God has supernatural power to help you, and God has promised to help you. I think that's a pretty good deal. We serve a big, good, awesome, loving God. Get ready. Bow your heads. I wonder this morning, in hearing this message, is there anyone here that you would say that, you know, I just need to get plugged in. I've never been plugged into God. Or maybe you got were plugged in at one time, and now you're not. You're, but you want to you wanna have a personal relationship with Jesus as never before. And you're not there right now, but you want to be. You want to be. You want to get plugged into Jesus today. If that's you, just lift your hand right now. Just lift your hand. You just want to get plugged in today. I see. I see all those hands. Keep them up. Keep them up. At least 20 hands. You may put your hands down. I want to pray this prayer with everybody. And then I want to pray for everyone. Everyone say this prayer with me. Dear Father, I want to get plugged in today. I give you my life. I ask that you come into me and take control. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you're now the Lord and Savior of my life. I expect you to move. I ask that you make me a brand new person and that you take the controls of my life. I give you everything. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to this week's message from Capital Christian. We hope you will stay connected by following us online. To find out more information, visit us at capitalchristian.com.